So today's reading is Acts 10, 34 through 44. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts those from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with them, him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Our God of grace, we come into this call with um, such an assortment of experiences and things going on in our lives. Way too many things to count or to categorize. We might come from a place of doubt or faith. We might come from a place of pain or healing and, and growth. We might come from a place of employment or of unemployment. We might come from a place of a real strong sense of purpose or we might come really depressed, discouraged, and alone. And from all these different places <clears throat> and many more, the truth is we're all in the same boat that we're all more of a mess than we care to admit. That as much as we might be trying to avoid the germs and avoid getting tainted by the contamination of a global pandemic, that we're more broken than we care to admit. That we're, there's a contamination already at work. And we feel it and we know it. We're more of a mess than we care to admit, and yet as we say that, we know that your gospel, the story of Jesus that's told over and over again, tells us that even though we're more of a mess than we care to admit, we are more loved and accepted in Christ than we ever imagined. And only after the tomb is empty and that you appeared to your disciples alive on the third day did it begin to sink in that something monumental had shifted for all of us who feel the mess and the contamination and the brokenness of sin. And so we try to hold together today that the empty tomb declares us made new and that you look at those who are a mess, who are broken, who are not yet put back together and you love us as much as you love your own son, Jesus Christ. And that you have put us together and are already beginning to make us new. And so we thank you, Lord Jesus, and ask that now that message would transform our lives as we try to listen for your voice in scripture this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm gonna say a 
I'm going to say a few words and then give us a few minutes to reflect in that, that time of silence, that brief reflection time. You might choose with the people you're with, you might choose to discuss or you might choose to have some silence, whether you're alone or with others, you might choose to reflect and meditate in silence. This story, if you were able to stop and focus and listen to scripture, this story um, is very interesting. It, uh, it has Peter experiencing something very unusual. See, Peter and the Jews that were part of the Christian church at the time, they were not, they were very much a Jewish group, and, and they had a massive paradigm shift that they had already experienced because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the paradigm shift was that now there's a new focus of Judaism. Jesus, his death and resurrection, his teachings, had secured Jesus' place as the new focus of their Judaism. That was a huge paradigm shift. Not just Moses and the Torah anymore, but a new chapter had arrived, and there's a new focus, okay? A massive new focal point. But it was still Judaism. And they still had this, these assumptions that hadn't yet switched. The paradigm shift hadn't gone deep enough yet. They had this assumption that their Judaism with Jesus still required a massive effort of mandatory social distancing. What am I talking about? Well, their, their, you know, their religion was all about keeping pure and uncontaminated. And so this social distancing that was, that was really, the, the big part of it that was required was, was when it came to non-Jews. Be careful being around non-Jews because you'll end up contaminated. They were practicing social distancing long before us. And so when Peter steps into this house of Cornelius, a non-Jew, He's already, you know, the only reason he's there, walking into this house and just kind of terrified of the contamination within, the only reason he's, he's able to do it is because God has intervened and, and, and woken him up in a, in a vision and told him he had to do it. You know, that he wasn't, this God is saying, you've got to go in there, don't worry, you won't be contaminated, just go. But still, I imagine Peter walking into this house and imagining just a few people being there and suddenly walking in and it's wall to wall with contamination. He can't even, I mean, there's no six feet of space anywhere. It's everywhere because Cornelius, you see, had an eye for the moment and invited everyone. And so it was wall-to-wall with contaminated people. He invited all the non-Jews he knew to pack the house. That's what Peter walks into. And we know, you get a sense of this when you read the next few uh, verses after this chapter. Because immediately, uh, not Paul, Peter is called to the table by all the other Jewish Christians for his contamination. What were you doing? You went in the house. You ate with all those people you're you're covered now we have to stay six feet away from you what did you do and of course then peter has to share with them the um this new massive level of the paradigm shift going deeper 
to see that empty tomb is a just massive world global shifting statement, a victory statement for the world and the world's contamination. And death is, death is the final punctuation point of all contamination and brokenness of our world. And so the empty tomb is a statement over death and all the underlying contamination that leads towards death. All the forces that move towards death. And that, of course, goes all the way back to the fall, the very beginning of the Christian scriptures, the story of Adam and Eve and their fall. Genesis chapter 3. So the empty tomb is this victory statement over all contamination, but what Peter and all of his friends needed to see was it's not just a victory statement that's a gift to this pure, uncontaminated group of Jews. It's a victory statement that can instantaneously, with a, in a blink of an eye, with a snap of a finger, can be opened up to a whole new swath of people. At any given moment, God can decide, you know, oh, this group of people, that group of people, uncontaminated, 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 everyone, everywhere. It's a world-shattering, world-shifting message that is at the center of the Christian faith. Every sermon after the empty tomb was a was an Easter sermon, was a resurrection sermon. So, of course, Peter's message has right at the climax of what he says to them in that house, the empty tomb, the resurrection. It's the center of the church. It's our hope. It's our life. And yet, God will keep using different moments, different chapters, different current events to open it up again to a new swath of people. This victory message, this message of decontamination. And my worry is that for City Life Church in this time, with uh, coronavirus and sheltering in place, my worry is not the kinds of worries you might expect, like I'm not worried about City Life Church's budget, even though maybe I should be. I'm not worried about people drifting off because we're not having services. My worry, perhaps, is much more around, my worry truly is more around our original vision of City Life Church, as being a church for the people who are not yet here, for the people who are maybe open but view churches as places where only the people are welcome who already have these beliefs screwed down tight. Um, And my fear is that the nudge towards social distancing that we're all feeling is going to inadvertently turn towards us forgetting our friends and our neighbors and in a sense hoarding the Easter message for ourselves. I am so excited that so many of you are exhibiting and telling me about how you're growing and how there's this rich growth in these times where you're trusting God and you're having to access the resurrection hope every day. And I think just along with that, we need to also remember sharing that growth and that hope with those outside of this Zoom call for those of our friends, neighbors, families, co-workers who are not on this screen with us or on these three screens with us. Whoa, there's three screens worth of people today. All right. And so I end by just saying, let's consider Cornelius. Cornelius. He, his vision, he would... I, I don't know if you noticed, well, you didn't because we didn't read it, but the chapter before, 
his his vision from God did not include strict instructions to go tell all his friends to be at the house when Peter got there. He took a little bit of initiative. He saw the importance of the moment, and he brought others in his social network to be a witness of this resurrection. Cornelius did not choose just to have a solitary experience of his first Easter sermon. You know, oh, I'm a new creation. Good for me. I get to benefit from this. This is wonderful. No. The message of being, being remade into a new creation, he said, I'm going to share it. And so when the moment arrives, he thinks of reaching out, and he makes sure that his house is filled with all his friends and neighbors. And now we can't fill our house with our friends and neighbors, people, okay? Don't have a party this afternoon. I'm not telling you to do that. Continue practicing social distancing, but reach out and consider. Um, where do you need to just kind of expand your vision and look out and be aware every day, every moment? Maybe there's not something obvious today, but maybe tomorrow or a week from now or two weeks from now. The conversations that you start, the way you reach out with courageous compassion to connect with people, tenaci tenaciously connecting when everyone else is disconnecting. How might that be something that God uses to open up a whole new swath of people to the transforming, transforming, decontaminating message of the empty tomb. Let's ponder that together with some time. And there will be a question on the screen that you can use during this time to reflect for a few minutes.
I'm just going to close our time of reflection with a prayer for all of us. So I invite you to bow your heads. Our God of grace, whatever you are doing with these words of of this um, early Easter sermon that Peter gave to this house filled with people who were complete outsiders to the Jesus movement, whatever you're doing with this message on this Easter morning, We pray that you do it well and you continue to follow through with your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us towards towards steps of courageous faith amidst all the fear, anxiety, and questioning that you would give because of this message of of us in Christ becoming a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We have died with Christ, and we have been raised with Christ. That that message would carry us into unimaginably courageous steps of faith in a time when we're tempted to take massive steps of self-protection and worry. Whatever that means for us, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us so much that we feel like we're able to do what we never thought possible on our own on the days and months ahead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Jesus.